Well, we're about ready for Matt. Do you want me to read this lesson, Matt, or do you want to come and read it? Oh, you want me to do it? Okay. <laughs> um, uh, Matt chose just, just one verse for his um, um, anchor, his message this morning. Uh, but I expanded that to give that verse a little bit of context uh, to, the, to the story, uh, familiar story that you'll find in the uh, 10th chapter of Mark's Gospel. If you are uh, able to stand, would you do so now to receive the Gospel this morning? James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to Jesus and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. (laughs) Now, there's a trap, isn't it? We want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, what is it that you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, we are able. Then Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I'm baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. Whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be the slave of all. For the Son of Man came, for I came, Jesus said, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. What a treat it is to have Matt Herring back home, right, Patty? Have him back home and to have him here. And, uh, you know, uh, Matt, when I heard that you were going to Botswana for uh, several weeks, um, I realized, you know, that's a part of the world that I really don't know anything about. I know where it is, but that's about it. Um, I don't know that... that um, in, uh, in all my years that I've ever had a person from a congregation or, or uh, traveled to Botswana or heard of a missionary from Botswana. So you have a, you have a lot to teach us today, but especially we uh, welcome home, buddy. <laughs> it's good to have you back, and we're anxious to hear from you today. Thanks, Matt. Morning, everyone. Glad I can see over this thing. I didn't know if I'd be able to or not. Um, yeah, so my name's Matt. Uh, my name's Matt Herring. I'm a uh, going to be a senior now. It's hard to believe at Westchester University, um, out near Philadelphia in Eastern Pennsylvania. Um, and I was given the opportunity this morning to to talk about my trip to uh, Botswana, uh, Botswana actually it's pronounced uh, Botswana, Africa. Um, and there will be some pictures uh, just kind of playing behind me um, of my trip. Um, they're probably more interesting than me talking anyway, so that's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, um, I had this opportunity to speak to you guys this morning, uh, which was just such a cool opportunity, and I'm, uh, 
really excited about that, just to share what God's doing over in the southern part of Africa. Um, but first of all, I wanted to uh, just thank um, thank everyone for their support uh, for my trip, whether it be uh, financial, uh, whether it be through prayer, or whether it be just through encouraging me. Um, it just means so much more than you know, and I couldn't have uh, I couldn't have gone on this trip or or allowed God to work uh, through me um, if it wasn't for you guys. Uh, you guys are the my backbone here for this trip, um, and I was just the hands and feet. So uh, thank you guys so much for um, every all, all of your support, um, whatever whatever uh, way that came in. Um, but again, like I said, I'm Matt. Uh, I'm from uh, well, I'm from here. I've gone uh, to this church pretty much my entire life. Um, and, like I said, uh, senior at Westchester. Um, and, uh, actually, the reason that I got to go on this trip is because of a, uh, a ministry, um, that's actually a worldwide ministry. It's called Crew, uh, which is Campus Crusade for Christ. It's shortened for that. Um, and it, Campus Crusade, uh, is actually, it's in more countries than Coca-Cola, which is pretty crazy because Coke reached, like, all over the world. So, uh, it's a really big worldwide ministry. Um, that focuses on college kids and their uh, walk with Jesus um, and to uh, just have them gain um, a, a closer walk with Christ. Um, and I got involved with that uh, probably my freshman year of college um, and have been involved ever since. And they, they have uh, these opportunities that you know I got to partake in called Summer Projects, um, again, which is uh, what this uh, trip was to Botswana. Um, they have them all over the United States um, as well as abroad. Um, they partner with, I think, seven different countries um, across the world. Um, and then they also partner all, all across the United States where they just do a lot of evangelism. And one of my friends did one in Ocean City, Maryland, actually, where they get a, you get a job and then, you, uh, and then you actually evangelize through that job throughout the summer. He was there for ten weeks. Uh, my trip was only for five weeks. Um, but I went onto the website and just got a brief explanation of what a summer project is, just to kind of uh, cue you guys in, uh, give you a little more information. Um, so I'm just going to read it here. It says, uh, Imagine a summer that could change cities, countries, and continents around the globe, while also forever transforming your life. A summer that propels you into a deeper walk with God and gives you, a greater, co- gives you greater confidence in making Him known. A summer that develops your leadership skills and begins friendships you'll take with you throughout, the, throughout your lifetime. Here you'll have the opportunity to influence people of all nationalities through unique ministries and and speaking the truth of the gospel. You will develop a deeper walk with God, live in a life-transforming community, receive different types of training, and experience a new adventure. Um, So these last couple points, uh, the deeper walk with God, um, sharing the gospel, um, living in a life-transforming community, um, and the different types of training are all things that I was able to experience uh, while I was over in Botswana. Um, And I'll, I'll hit on those later. Um, but the theme of the theme of uh, our trip was actually um, Mark 10:45, which is the verse I sent to Pastor Minix, um, and that says, uh, "For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many." Um, and this this was just uh, you know, like I said, like a big uh, a big part of our project because we were we were there serving. Uh, we were there uh, serving with the children, as you can see um, here, and then we also were serving. Uh, on the campus, spreading um, spreading our faith. So there's you know two different types of serving here that we were able to do. Um, obviously, sharing the good news, sharing the you know, greatest news ever, and then also like the physical serving of um, hanging out with the children and uh, showing them grace and stuff like that. Uh, but um, we already read uh, you know the verse or Mark uh, 10:35 through 45. But I'm just going to kind of go in to give a little bit more context about it. Um, 
So James and John, who are uh, disciples of Jesus, you know, they go up to Jesus and they say, Jesus, we want you to do whatever we ask, which is like, you know, talking to the Savior of the world. It's pretty kind of a heavy thing to ask the Savior of the world. Uh, but they did that. And he says, well, what, what, what would you like? Uh, and they said, well, we want, one of us wants to sit at the right hand and one of us wants to sit at the left hand. Um, and Jesus says, um, you, you don't know what you're asking. Can you drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? A lot of baptism there. Um, and then he says, they say, we can. They say, yeah, yeah, we can do that. And they obviously don't really understand because they're so blinded uh, with, with the power that they're seeking. They recognize that Jesus is a, a uh, you know, just a, he's, he's going to receive glory soon. And they know that and he's told that to them. And um, they, they want part in that, but they don't understand what that means. And um, here the, the baptism or the drinking the cup is also is, is the suffering and the baptism is his death. And they don't understand that at this point, but they're so blinded by this power uh, that they said, yeah, you know, we're in. We want, uh, we want to be glorified with you. So, um, yeah, absolutely. We will definitely do that. And, again, they don't understand what they're saying. Um, and that's just something that, like, uh, it kind of connects to what I'm sort of going into as far as, like, I'm going to be graduating soon. And um, I think, like, not necessarily power, but... Uh, prestige and like a great job and uh, the American dream are all things that, uh, you know, I think are just ingrained in our minds as Americans. I know for me, like it's hard to, it's hard, it's hard not to want to be very successful after I get out of college and have a great job and, um, you know, just build my career after I, after I leave. Um, And I know that like, uh, I think that, you know, the root of that is like a, a power hunger that I think, um, a lot of Americans experience just because of the way that our culture is. Um, so Jesus says, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with, but to sit the right and left hand is not for me to grant. Um, these places belong to those for whom they've been prepared. Basically, Jesus here is saying, You know, you can, you can go through, you can suffer with me, you can die with me, but you can't, uh, I, I don't have the power to give you uh, the, glo- or the glory with me. You know, that's God. Um, and again, they don't understand this. So when the ten disciples hear that the, you know, James and John are, are saying that they want this, they're kind of like, well, it kind of makes them angry. I mean, understandably so. Um, so Jesus calls all of them together and says, uh, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, uh, and their high officials exercise authority over them. So this is basically saying, like, uh, you know, connecting it to now, this is the rest of society. Um, you know, the rest of society wants that power. The rest of the society wants that prestige and to be served and to... Um, like I said, have that prestige, have that, have that glory. Uh, and Jesus says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must become your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be a slave for all. And that's just like, I don't know, some, when I read that, like, it's just really hard to comprehend that, you know, it says um, that if you want to be first, you've got to be last, basically. And uh, especially, like, with me graduating soon and stuff, it's, you know, like this, this act of servitude, like it's obviously something, you know, we've been taught throughout our entire lives, but it's really hard to, to comprehend um, what it really means. And it's not saying to become like a slave or, uh, you know, that you necessarily need to become last, but it's basically saying that you need to become a slave for Christ and you need to become last um, as in, in serving for him. And um, that is how you become first. Um, and it's just like a really cool example um, I mean, Jesus obviously uses that ultimate example um, when he when he says, "For even the Son of Man, even the 
Savior of the world, the one who paid for our sins, um, died for us, who is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Um, he came here not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So, you know, this, this unbelievable guy who has, has all this power at his disposal, who could use all this power, uh, you know, to, to do what he wanted with it. He is the one washing feet and healing the blind and uh, all these amazing things. And then at the end of his life, he decides to go and die for uh, you and me, for people that uh, weren't even born yet, or for those who had been, or everyone in the past. It's just like an amazing act of servitude. Uh, it is the amazing act of servitude. It's the ultimate one. And that's the one that um, we learned a lot about on this trip. So like I said... Uh, just this act of servitude that we learned about, um, as far as like spreading the gospel and working with the children, those were the two main things that we were there to do. Um, and, um, this verse really like spoke to us throughout the entire trip. Um, and that went from, you know, waking up in the morning and eating breakfast and washing the dishes, which, you know, no one really wants to wash the dishes, but, um, you know, it went from that to going out on the, going out on the campus and spreading the gospel to the, to, to the college kids and, uh, and serving the children when they're, you know, running from 20 feet away and jumping on your back and basically tackling you. Um, you know, it's that type of servitude that we were being taught there, which was so cool. Um, so the first point that we had was, uh, or that, that, that it said on the summer project, um, uh, description was spread of the spreading of the gospel, which is an act of servitude in itself as far as, um, you know, spreading the, the greatest news uh, that there is. Um, and we did that in several different ways. Um, the first way we did that is working with the children and old and lady. Old and lady was uh, the, the, this really beat-up town. You know, if you think of a typical African village, this is exactly what you would be... Uh, this is what comes up in your mind. It's, and a lot of the, a lot of the pictures um, show just uh, playing with the kids and stuff like that. Was, no one had, none of the kids had shoes. There's gla- broken glass everywhere. Uh, it was just very impoverished. Um, and we worked with them, and uh, it was probably from like three years old to twelve, uh, maybe a little older than that. And so it was, it was more of an act. This was like the physical act of servitude, where we were able to go and show them love and grace when they were, you know, tackling you, and uh, and there was like four of them hanging on your arms and stuff like that. Um, this, that was that type of servitude that we were able to serve, which was really cool and something that I've never uh, really experienced before. And it was just really neat to uh, when you're when you're there, like the kids just. Uh, they, they want love so bad because a lot of them aren't shown that at home. So they, they, you know, we'd be driving up and they'd just be banging on the vans. There'd be 50 of them surrounding the van. You'd get out and they would all just have their arms up because they wanted to, you know, grab onto you. And it was just really neat. And then we were able to show love uh, to them there. And some of the older kids actually accepted Christ. So like the 12 year olds, maybe older, I got to give them Bibles. And, uh, there was one girl, Annalena, who, um, I would give her like a Bible verse and she would go home and memorize it and then come back and tell me the next day. And then, uh, I'd give her a new one and she'd go home and memorize that, uh, which was just really encouraging and very cool. Um, so that was the way we spread the gospel there. And that was also an act of physical servitude where we were able to, like I said, play with the kids and just enjoy being with them and stuff like that, which was just a really awesome experience. Um, the Jesus film, I don't know if anyone's familiar with the Jesus film. That's another crew thing. Uh, a lot of, throwing around a lot of crew terms here. Um, so I got to kind of describe them because only a couple people in this room probably know what they mean. Uh, but the Jesus film is this film where uh, they translate, basically it's like the 1970s version of The Passion of the Christ. Um, and they translate it into every, or like, I think it's like in over 200 languages. So it's the gospel, essentially. 
and they show that at rural villages, you know, at nighttime. We went out to two different places. We went to Old and the Lady, uh, which was where the kids were. So they were like, oh, my gosh, 250 kids there that night, and then there were some older people, but that was a nightmare. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, you know, still got the gospel across to them now, which is the most important thing. And then uh, we went to a place called Hakuto, which is, it was about 30 or 45 minutes away from where we stayed, out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, at night you, could, you looked up and saw, like, the Milky Way galaxy. Uh, it was beautiful. Um, and then we showed that in the middle of a rural village. And, uh, you know, at each of these things, um, you know, people came up. They had an altar call at the end, and people came up to accept Christ, which is really neat uh, to see just uh, that you're out there in an African village, and that's happening. Um, and then we did uh, the ministry on campus. Um, so... We, it was very intentional, very intentional uh, ministry. We would literally walk up to people, and it's very different than the United States as far as ministry goes, um, because in the U.S., you kind of have to build a relationship with someone before, uh, or that's normally what happens. You have to build a relationship with somebody before you, uh, you have to build a relationship with them before you share the gospel with them, because they're not comfortable with it. You know, we're very, we don't, we're kind of like to push people away here uh we'd walk up we had these booklets called the kgp which is knowing god personally it's basically four points how you can know god personally um and we would literally walk up and say hey my name is matt i'm from crew this is mike my buddy mike uh we are going around asking people if they know what the uh four spiritual laws is would you like to go through them with us they'd be like yeah sure um and it was great because you didn't have to build i mean not that you don't want to build a relationship with people but people just were very open to that over there and it was very different uh than it is here so we were able to do that and saw just saw some had some great conversations saw some people come to know christ which was just really cool and it was really cool to uh you know just really experience uh, what god called us here to do um you know in matthew uh 28 um talks about going going and making disciples of all nations and um, you know, that was great to do it over there, and it was really cool to, to think that we were doing that. But at the same time, like, when I was over there, it kind of made me realize, like, wow, you know, this doesn't just mean you have to go halfway across the world to share your faith. Like, back in Mechanicsburg, you know, I got tons of friends who don't know the Lord, and um, that's as good of an opportunity to spread it to all nations as well. Um, and I kind of realized that when I was over there, which was cool and made me want to go for that. Uh, even more. And then there's, uh, a lot of, another thing that uh, goes on a lot over there as far as ministry goes is, uh, follow up. You really gotta follow up with people. Um, and we were able to follow up with this one kid named Eric. He was actually in a couple, uh, a couple of those pictures. There's like us, you see us kind of like on, on this really tall building overlooking the city. Um, that was, that was Eric. And we, uh, ended up hanging out with him probably five or six times. Um, and just having some really, really good conversations with him. Uh, you know, got, actually got to share the gospel with his girlfriend, which was really neat. Because uh, she was from Germany, so it was like the one night we were at this place, and he had his buddy there from England. His girlfriend was from Germany. He was from Botswana, and then we had these two American kids hanging out with them, and we got to share our faith with them, uh, which was just like it was just wild to think about that, uh, just how that was, you know, spreading spreading the gospel through like you know just what four different countries there, uh, which was really cool. Um, <clears throat> so that was great. And then just talking to Eric, got to share my testimony with him. And he's uh, sort of living in a spot right now that I uh, used to be experiencing. So I kind of got to exp- explain to him uh, how fulfilling a life with, a life with Christ is uh, and how the void in my heart that I used to have uh, has now been filled by Jesus. Uh, and he uh, was really taken aback by that. You could tell he told us, um, which was really, really neat. And uh, so that relationship with him was very cool. Uh, and then as far as uh, just the what we did on the project, um, developing a deeper relationship with God, a deeper walk with Him. Uh, so we'd have quiet times in the morning 
would wake up and I got to read through uh, the Gospel of John, which is really sweet. I'm in Acts now, Paul, just the man, he's killing it. Um, and then uh, the, we, had, we had Bible studies, um, so we would, uh, we actually went through Mark, uh, which was cool too. Got to a little more insight on Mark, uh, about what that's all about, and a little history behind it. Um, the church services, uh, we had some church services. There's some, been some pictures of us outside. This is actually one of the churches we were at. Uh, that was an old lady. Uh, we went to, I think, four different churches, and they were like one-room churches. Uh, you know, people just randomly, like one person, one lady in the crowd would start singing, and then everyone just started singing. And for some reason, everyone knew the song. I don't know why, but uh, that was cool. I didn't know it, but everyone else did. Um, and then uh, I actually uh, was able to, to be the worship leader this year. Uh, which um, I have never really used uh, my talent of singing. Uh, and I'm not that great, but uh, I was in chorus for four years in high school, so I never really used it to glorify God, so it was a really cool opportunity to kind of push myself out of my comfort zone to do that. Um, so I was able to uh, help lead worship. Uh, my buddy Elijah was on the guitar. Just, man, very good. You killed it on guitar as well. Uh, so that was a lot of fun and just a big growing experience for me um, in that respect. Um, and then in the life-transforming community that we lived in, um, it was just cool to be living, surrounded by brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, who were all working towards one goal, and that being the Great Commission, like I talked about in Matthew 28. Um, it was just an awesome experience to be surrounded by these people who had the desire to share their faith, um, you know, so fervently. It was just so encouraging. There's a lot of encouragement that went on, and that was great. Um, I made some really good friends. My, my buddy, uh, Mike, who I actually goes to Westchester with me, um, was there with me. He's like my best friend. So that was just awesome to hang with him. Um, and then I met uh, uh, this, this kid, Zach, who him and I share similar paths and we're actually in similar situations now. Um, so uh, it was just really cool to uh, just get to know him and Elijah, who played the guitar with me. He was my worship team leader as well as my roommate. Uh, he's the kid with the long hair. kind of looks like he's out of like a 1960s. Um, but he was just super funny, and it was just great, the friendships that you make on these, on these trips. It was awesome. Uh, and then we also, you know, we, it wasn't all, all work. There was, there was also time to play. So we, had, uh, we hiked a little bit. There's some pictures of us on top of a big mountain called Cali Hill. Um, we had a karaoke night, and like I said, I love to sing. So I, you know, I was up there like five or six times, karaoke night. Um, and then I actually got to celebrate my birthday over uh, in, in Botswana. Uh, which, you know, you don't usually get to celebrate your birthday in Africa, so that was pretty special. Um, and uh, just the late-night talks we would have with, you know, like those friends, those guys that I talked about, just really encouraging, sometimes very service-level, sometimes got super deep, um, which was just, it was just a lot of fun. And there was also dance parties where I love to dance as well, so I like to sing and dance. Um, and finally, uh, the training that we received. As far as evangelism goes, uh, we were able to... Uh, you know, uh, have those those KGP uh, trainings where we'd go and share our faith with the KGP. And um, there's also another booklet called The Spirit for Life. That's basically for people who know Christ. Um, they would be able to uh, go and kind of look into what living in the whole, with the Holy Spirit really means. Um, so we got to share that. Uh, and then the follow-up appointments I was talking about, uh, we got to do a lot of them too, which is just another way to evangelize. Uh, and then another thing we learned about, uh, which is, again, a crew thing, crew term, is, uh, well, not really a crew term, you guys will know what this is, but we have something called discipleship, uh, which we do at crew, which is basically a mentor that you have, uh, I had a discipler last year, he graduated, um, but basically you meet with them once a week, and they just kind of go, you go through scripture, and then kind of talk about 
whatever's going on in your life, um, which was cool. And I've never had a disciple, uh, which I plan on hopefully getting one this year, just because uh, it's just a cool way to um, spread, you know, your faith as far as like uh, through them, and then they can disciple, and then they can disciple, and it just keeps growing and growing and growing, which is really cool. Uh, and then again, working with kids. I've never really thought that I was that great with kids. I've never really had the opportunity to work with them. Uh, so I was kind of nervous going over there because I was like, I don't really know. You know, I feel like I always like, I treat like a three-year-old like I do a nine-year-old and then they think that's weird. So then I treat the nine-year-old like well, he's too young and then I just don't really know how to gauge like, or didn't really know how to gauge the exact like, how to work with children. So I got to do that there and it taught me a lot. Um, you know, I don't have. I didn't walk through the children's uh, hall over there, and a bunch of kids were holding their hands up to me or anything like that. So it's a little different over here. Um, but uh, I think you know, their kids are kids, so um, that was cool. But uh, again, that was basically kind of just a brief overview of what uh, of what I did over in Botswana. Um, it was just a super cool time uh, where God really used uh, just many different areas of my life. Um, to to strengthen my faith in him um, and he's definitely working over there uh, they have a crew on on the campus of the University of Botswana which is really cool um, and you know they're just like us the college kids that are that are living the same thing um, and it's cool to see how God you know 8,000 miles away from home is totally working um, totally working in 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 the same ways that he works here uh, and it's the same gospel you know, it's the same gospel wherever you go. And uh, that, I think that's hard for me to always uh, call and remember. But, um, you know, he's doing huge things in Botswana and all over the world. Um, but again, I can't thank you guys enough for the support and the encouragement and um, everything that you guys have, have, have done. Uh, I just, I know I probably haven't um, gotten to individually thank everyone who supported me um, financially through prayer or whatever. Uh, but, you know, if I don't reach you, it's not because... Uh, I forgot about you or anything like that. Um, from the deepest part of my heart, like I thank you so much for the opportunity that I was able to have. Um, it's because of you guys, um, and I just you know want to come back and let you know that God is totally working over there, and uh, I couldn't have done it without you. So, thank you guys so much.